Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky is calling for continued international support in the war against Russia. In a post on X, Mr Zelensky stressed the importance of the upcoming European Council summit opening Ukraine's EU access talks this Wednesday. Guardian journalist Luke Harding is on the ground in Bakhmut and joins us now. Hi Luke. Can you give us a sense of the, the mood at the moment uh, in Ukraine in terms of there does seem to be a, perhaps a faltering of support globally. Certainly the US Senate is not delivering at this stage. What is the sense of the mood there? I think it's pretty gloomy, uh, to be honest. I'm, I, I've been sort of in Ukraine um, <clears throat> fairly, fairly, fairly consistently over the last couple of years. And I think the mood has dipped um, for several reasons. Firstly, the Ukrainian counteroffensive in the summer didn't succeed. The Ukrainian troops just ran into minefields and fortified Russian positions. And what's happened really, I'd say, in the last month or two is that the Russians have regained the initiative. They're now seeking to um, attack all across the eastern front where I am. Uh, they, are, they are trying to encircle the, the city of Avdiivka and they're moving forward there as well. And, and the problem is that the, the Ukrainian um, guys I speak to, just that they just haven't got enough ammunition. The Russians have got so much more. And this is why international support is crucial. And at the same time, it seems in, in America, Republicans are blocking an aid package and you know, various other allies are, are beginning to fade. So I think it's, it's a very difficult moment for Ukraine. President Zelensky obviously out and about in the world trying to turn that around. I mean, how realistic is that? Well, I mean, I mean, I think the picture is mixed. I mean, I mean the, the German uh, Chancellor Olaf Scholz made a big speech yesterday saying he was with Ukraine for the long term. David Cameron, the new British Foreign Secretary, and the, the former Prime Minister has been in Washington trying to to kind of g up um, support from from bipartisan support um, from from Americans. So, I think the picture picture isn't totally hopeless. But the reality is, this is going to be a long war. Um, Putin calculates that Donald Trump may come back, that the West will eventually kind of flake, um, and the time is on his side. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the Ukrainian sort of possibilities to go forward now are, are practically nil. And, of course, it's also very cold here, snowing, freezing, tough conditions to fight in. Is there any discussion starting to emerge in, or any division of opinion in Ukraine about the need for a negotiated settlement or to even entertain the, the conversation about that? No, because the question is, you know, with, with who? Everyone understands that, that Putin is determined to win. He wants to, he doesn't believe Ukraine is a state or a people. He wants to kind of flip it back into Russia. Um, and so long as he is there, the war will continue. And, and even if you were to sort of sign a deal with Putin, everyone understands perfectly that he would break it immediately because that, that, <laughs> Russia had several agreements guaranteeing Ukraine's borders, which, which it's violated. So, so the situation is, is bleak. And unfortunately, I think people, people realize that Ukrainians just have, have to keep fighting. As, as Mrs., Mrs. Zelensky, Elena Zelensky, the president's wife, said yesterday in an interview with BBC, we, we fight or we die. And, and unfortunately, I think that's where, where we're at at the moment. Yeah, that is grim. The European Council summit, uh, what are we likely to get out of this? I mean, what hope is there realistically of Ukraine making some progress in terms of EU access? Well, well, the, the, there's a big spoiler uh, in, in the shape of Viktor Orban, the, the Hungarian president who says that Ukraine is not ready for EU accession. He wants to veto further security assistance for Ukraine. I mean, wh whether he prevails or whether this is a negotiating tactic, we have to see. I mean, I think the bigger problem is more of a structural one, is in, in that European 
nations are still not really investing enough in defense. They're not building ammunition factories. And the Russians have switched to a wartime economy where they're churning out shells from, from factories working three shifts a day. And um, I, I don't see much kind of medium or long-term planning. So, so we'll have to see. But I, I think at, at, at the moment, it, it, is, it is very, very tricky for, for, for Ukraine. And you just have to hope that they can kind of hang on through the winter. Just the issue, too, of Poland. There seems to have been this issue with Polish truckers. How concerning is that? What is that doing to supplies coming over the border? Well, actually, I read that story for my newspaper, The Guardian, and I talked to, to Ukrainian uh, sort of uh, truck drivers on my, on my way into Kiev um, recently. Uh, there are enormous queues. There are about 3,500 Ukrainian tracks, trucks backed up. Now, the Poles say that they're allowing you know, vital weaponry through. But the reality is a lot of stuff is getting stuck. It's taking two weeks for um, Ukrainian drivers to return home. Um, and it all, all kind of fuels this sort of sense of, I'd say, almost betrayal that the Ukrainians are feeling that the countries that previously sort of showed solidarity and understanding and gave them practical help are now kind of drifting away and getting mired in domestic politics. So there's a new Polish government likely next week. And um, let's see if they can sort it out. Luke, thank you very much for your analysis. Much appreciated. That is Guardian journalist Luke Harding, who was on the ground in Bakhmut.